This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all expenses paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current front runner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10 for you and up to three of your friends. And you could watch or listen to fine dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. Listeners, I have a confession to make. I am a night cereal eater. I grew up loving cereal as a breakfast choice, but when you get older, you can't really have like a bowl of ice cream, more or less, for breakfast every day, or else it'll really slow your day down. But thanks to Magic Spoon... I could have cereal in the morning, and then more specifically, I could have cereal late at night as my fourth meal, and they make healthy cereal. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein. It's like having a post-workout shake right bef- uh, like at the end of the night, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. You could build your own box or get a variety pack with available flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon. Oh, I am a fan. Uh, There's some experimental flavors that I've been testing that are exciting, so I'm hoping those come out uh, soon for everyone's consumption. But until then, I got to admit, the peanut butter-blueberry combo is a very fun combo, and frosted and cinnamon is another combo I'm messing with. I haven't gotten the proportions right, the portions right, or the ratios right, whatever. I haven't gotten it right, but frosted and cinnamon, I think once I figure it out, I'll reveal it to you guys and then we can have some, you know, those are two things that I look for in a cereal, frostedness and cinnamonness, without using any brand names or anything like that. That's something that excites me. So go to magicspoon.com slash ham and grab your delicious cereal to try today. And be sure to use our promo code HAM, H-A-M, at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com ham and use the code HAM to save $5 off. Thank you to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. Shitheads, welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy, standing six foot two, 289 pounds from the south shore of Nassau County, Long Island. He's Johnny G, the 
the number one fog boy. All you gotta do is trust me, Jackson Maine. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, my nearly signed co-host, Arthur Gabris. Artie, give him a shout out. Absolutely no response as usual. Also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios. I can't tell you guys how cool this is to have. I've been we I've known this dude for like 15 years exclusively via the internet, but over the last couple of years, we've had a lot more to talk about. He's got had a little bit more free time is a terrible way to phrase that. <laughs> but he's from the fucking the, the legend of the this is huge for me. From 70s Big, I know you have way bigger, more important U.S. credits, USA credits now. But from 70s Big, it's Justin Lassick, baby. It's high and mighty <laughs> with JG. Yeah. Dude, this is fucking thrilling to me to be able to. I like literally was talking to my wife this morning who's out of town, and I was just articulating. She's like, is this the guy who you always were talking about, the, his <laughs> website? I'm like, yes! Remember when I was training for powerlifting and I was doing that program that uh, <laughs> S&C V2? Yeah. Where, uh, the 70s big LP. I, I, uh, it's been so crazy to be and then, in my history of knowing you, like, you've then gone on to do great. You've done to me cr crazy, interesting, wild things like big choices in life. I'd but say it's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's safe to say. Yeah, let's get let's get into it, Justin. How, first of all, how you fucking been, man? Uh, you know, I'm healing and feeling it, baby. Yeah. Uh, there was a there was a big old rough patch. You know, there's with like trauma and emotional health and TBI shit, which is like what special forces guys or soft guys, special operations, they get that trifecta of shit. And so it, there's can be ups and downs and then different phases of the healing will have different qualities to it, like irritation and rage or uh, sadness and depression or like panic and helplessness and anxiety and fear. So I just went through like a tough phase and then kind of I was always working on myself for hours every day, whether it was like physical therapy two years ago in the hospital or doing meditation and journaling and all the emotional health stuff. And I kind of like finally turned the corner a few months ago. And uh, so things are going well, man. And I'm uh, getting more into the creating the content type stuff. That's what I did before I was in the army. And so there is going to be a little bit of uh, a little bit of a CPR on some 70s big stuff. I got two book ideas. And yes, this is so, so thrilling so, to me. So, <laughs> and uh, so I can kind of crank the persona up on that. And then I'm doing some other stuff with uh, more emotional health or wellness geared stuff. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's cruising and uh, things are looking up and I'm like, I'm content in my life. I was never really content. I put a green hat on. I was like, eh, whatever. I want to go to combat. And then like went to comp, you know, just nothing ever satisfied. But now I just feel content in what is coming up and what my future will entail. Uh, that's great, man. Also in there, you, you so casually talk about like, yeah, you know, I did some for the listeners who might not know we're actually, this episode is, coming out a little later in the summer, but we're recording on the two-year anniversary of your first yeah. steps. Since so today's June 18th, and I got blown up on 5 March 2019, and then uh, less than four months later, on the 18th of June, two years ago, I took my first steps, and I put that up on my Instagram. I reposted it so that... It's fucking it was awesome, a, man. I was, was crying when I watched Fast 7 this morning, and then crying again <laughs> watching your fucking Instagram before we got on, man. It's fucking gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's awesome to watch. Yeah, and it, I remember sitting in the hospital. I don't know if it was my mom or a nurse or something, but they were like, if you could pick a superpower, what would it be? And I was like, well, uh, to walk. And then oh. I just like burst into tears and like, uh, so... I don't know. With trauma, there's a thing with dissociation. There's like your brain literally has brain damage 
and uh, certain networks of the brain don't properly function. And so it's like when you're in the earlier phases of it, talking about it just almost like results in a dissociation. So you can almost see that in the video, me looking back at it, that I was just trying to be like, yeah, it feels like this in the fucking sockets. And and then uh, once I realized what the fuck was happening, it was just like, it it racked me. Yeah. When you're talking about being disassociated, you mean like you sort of don't feel like you're inside yourself, like while it's happening or that can't happen. Yeah. That's, that's usually around the event itself. I'll circle back to that. But um, in this case, it's almost like you emotionally dissociate. And so I remember there's another guy who he's much older than me and he worked uh, in kind of around the capital region because Walter Reed's in DC and he got hit by a rocket. He lost his lower leg and he would come see me all the time. And he was like, how do you talk about this without like showing any emotion? Every time I did, like I I broke down in tears and I was like, uh, I don't know. I guess I like have to explain this like six times a day because there's, (laughs) because like there's not a lot of combat casualties and I'm like, I, I almost died pretty hard. Like, no, I'm a medic. So, like, when I saw the pictures of what the fuck my legs looked like, I just was like, I, I don't know how the fuck I survived. And I do know in retrospect is because I trained my dudes how to fucking do this stuff for a long time. And they executed properly and saved my life. And then we also had blood, uh, like units of blood and like a little cold pack backpack. And oh. I had the interpreter carrying it. And without blood, I'm pretty sure I would have died. But I like Jesus, yeah. man. So, I so, like what was I circling? Chills. I'm not even high yet. What was I going to circle back to? Uh, disassociating. So you yeah, separate so, your emotion from it. So it what, like- what we were doing was uh, a valley clearance in this. Uh, we were fighting ISIS K, which is a, a Corazon offshoot of ISIS, and it was located in on the border of uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan. And so we were clearing down a valley, and then we there were lots of IEDs that was their SOP, their standard operating procedure became just throwing IEDs everywhere because that's what was working in Iraq and Syria. And as they drew down there, those TTPs, the tactics basically came to, to our region. So we found a bunch of them and bipped them blow in place as we were like maneuvering down with rocks on. And I was, uh, I like to lead in the element, not <laughs> in the front of my element, but I like to be in the lead element to kind of like push and find the terrain. And, uh, because combat, uh, it was cool until it wasn't. And But I like small unit tactics and everything. So we're maneuvering. And then uh, we go up on the trail because there was like a there was an IED in the wadi, which is like a, a ditch that comes out of the valley. And one of my Afghans walked through it and it didn't detonate. And so we're just like, oh, fuck. So we went back up on the trail, which is, you know, when you have normal places where people walk, you can expect more there. And people were Afghan uh, EOD guys were deliberately clearing it with a minesweeper and. I was planning an assault on this compound that was in the middle of the valley. We had another ODA, another special forces team on the other side. And we didn't want to pass it because if someone was in there, we had to shoot. We'd be doing a Polish ambush, shooting at each other. Yeah, you don't want to cross shoot. That I I know from video games, so I feel weird tagging in there. I'm like, of course, Justin. (laughs) This is what I know from video games. Most video games, unless you're going to play on the computer like Tarkov or something, they don't have friendly fire. (laughs) Yes, right, right. So I was planning an assault. I was uh, kind of helping someone become an assault leader. And I liked uh, – I would have like a platoon-sized element a lot of the time with like two different squads essentially in an assault cell and two teams. And so I was planning an assault and then I had this ruck on that I was about to take off because I wanted to go down there and assault with him. But I like adjusted it and took a step and it was like – And I think if my hands were down – 
then I would have had either the hands or the fingers blown off because usually guys lose that stuff. Right, just because pure concussed, like of how powerful it is, like it, it affects your bottom half insanely. Obviously. Yeah, and then yeah. for me, it like blew my left leg off. Excuse me, my left foot off immediately, and then the blast went up into my basically my crotch, and then it like blasted and burned everything on my right leg down to the bone and i still had that foot because a solo boots are fucking badass holy <laughs> wearing shit. A, a solo mountaineering boot and like when they <laughs> when they took it off like everything from the ankle down was perfect no no damage and everything above was like fucking black to the bone oh uh, my god dude if you fucking you got you hey sponsor this motherfucker seriously, seriously. <laughs> The solo boots saved my foot. Now, the, the fact that it was amputated is neither here nor there, yeah. but... That's not the boots' fault. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the other boot fucking, you know, was exploded, and the snipers were up on this, like, f- they were, like, 50 meters away or so. I don't, I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not a good source on where they were, but they were up on a ridgeline, and they actually shot a dude, like, across the valley. But uh, one of the dudes looks down, and the tongue of my fucking boot was next to him. It just was like... <laughs> And like oh, flew up there my afterwards. God, dude. So I immediately fucking I don't know what the hell happened, and I immediately start yelling. I have that three to five seconds of complete sheer terror, and I'm like hands out, reaching towards my friend, and like yelling help, 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 like probably like eight times. And then they come up to me, and then now about the dissociation. Several minutes in, because at first I was like, was that an RPG? Because like the way it hit me was like at a weird angle, and because you can shape charges IEDs to kind of like they can come out of walls or out of trees and shit like that. So the shapes can just change where the blast goes. And they're like, no, it was an IED. Cause like they watched it happen. And then one of my friends was blown up with me. He was here for dinner last night, actually. Oh shit. And, uh, he, he survived too. That's fucking yeah, crazy were, uh, and amazing. There were two other Americans. He, he got hit with a lot of shrapnel cause he was like standing in front of me. And then there was another infantry dude who um, mainly got TBI and maybe flecked with some shrapnel. And then there was an Afghan leader, and he got hit uh, with shrapnel and stuff. But all of them retained their limbs. Um, oh. So that's good. But uh, after s- several Wait. minutes of kind of like, go ahead. Were you gonna say- no, no, no. That I was, uh, I, I was, I was just fucking. I'm caught up in the moment. Keep going, please. After several minutes, this is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> fucking <laughs> like in my memory, this happens first before the blast happens. Because memory can be reconsolidated. You can have interrograde and retrograde amnesia. Interros before, retros after. And uh, regardless, everything was just fucking white. Uh, and now if you have done psychedelics, kind of like get into that mindset of like what consciousness is. Because all of my meditation and psychedelics experiences and stuff and exploring awareness and consciousness. I think I was just like removed from what the contents of consciousness are and it was just like whatever is external to like yourself and in whatever that is whatever's appearing there and at the time i didn't i was just like sitting there it was just fucking white nothing else and i was like what the fuck is this which is like a zen meditation it's like you you can sit with what is this and that is something to explore in meditation right or psychedelics and i was just like what is this which i had never done any of those things by the way before all this and then i was like well I guess this is my existence now. Like that was my fucking personality. Like, Oh, I guess this is like how it is now. Like whatever. <laughs> and then I could hear like, doo, 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 cause there was a machine gun, our friendly machine gun shooting back. Cause that initiated a firefight. It was like 10 feet, 10 meters away, somewhere in that realm. Uh, very close. And my helmet kind of rolled back. Uh, my peltors came off like my hearing protection. So my, it was really loud in my ear, but I was still kind of like out of it. 
So I was like, oh, something's happening and start rushing into the contents of consciousness. Like what? Like, oh, I'm like, a, I'm a person. Like there's something like I was doing something. Something's Jesus. wrong. And then I was getting jostled around because they were putting tourniquets on me. And I had three tourniquets on each leg because I had like my quads were kind of big <laughs> back <Yeah>. then. <laughs> uh, but I had three tourniquets <laughs> on each leg. And uh, I was getting jostled around. I was like, oh, something's happening to me. And then it was like, just like a swirl Landed and in your was, conscious. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was just like back in the, my body or whatever in the moment was before, like planning the assault about to adjust my ruck and then boom. And so as far as dissociation goes, that's an example of what happens in a moment of trauma because there's evolutionarily evolutionary utility in that shit. From yeah, a, Cause sometimes the animal your mind from it, that too, but like animals can sometimes wake up and run away later, or they're at least not awake when they're getting fucking eaten alive. Oh, so it's I don't like self preservation. Yeah, yeah. It's like, don't be here for this. Cause this hurts and could be potentially awful. Uh, I yeah. mean, it's definitely awful. Could be potentially even worse. So uh, well, let's see. I think the next, what I should do next is a slight pause and then we'll resume what we're talking about. Cause I want to show you this. I know that the video is not on the podcast, but one of my friends who saved my life got this peace pipe at some estate sale. It's a piece of bamboo that I've <laughs> put. I guess it's a tobacco pipe, but I got some cannabis in there because <laughs> yeah. we are on the high and mighty show. I have a little, uh, the brand is called wellies. They, uh, call themselves like wellness joints. So, <laughs> you know, it's nice. Is there like health. CBD or something in it? Yeah. I think it's like entourage effect. It's got some THC, CBD, nice. all different. Yeah, I, uh, there's a place in Denver called Kind Love, and this is their Arc, which is a sativa that is like the only weed that b- makes my eyes bloodshot. <laughs> That's awesome. That's dude. I'll give you a little context from my perspective of so for the listeners. Uh, Justin used to well, and still does, and will again run this site called Seventies Big, which is sort of like peak Gabrus interests. It's like old school bodybuilding strength power training like all the stuff of like uh ed cone stories croc rose like all this shit that i just loved coming up as like a crossfitter who preferred powerlifting in my uh 20s fell in love with the 70s big like mantra the short shorts like we you guys were the forefront of short shorts and you were you always <laughs> what had an great... honor to, to hear that <laughs> yeah I, tr- I mean it's super popular amongst men now but i believe because of your our love even though we didn't know each other at the time our love of like the 70s golden era bodybuilders movie stars and shit like that stuff always worked on me and i got locked in and it was like people talk about finding community on the internet a lot and it was something that you i would frequently be like this is corny but you were the first like you were the first person whose like website i read that i like shot emails to or like commented on articles because i was like justin this is actually this program is perfect for me i'm i'm playing rugby and training for a a powerlifting meet at the same time with this Uh, and then you kind of were you always you are always referencing sfo and leo in your training prescriptions of like and you know some of these guys you need to don't worry about mass as much because you're going to be rucking 12 hours and you happen to know a lot about that i'm like oh that's really cool that's another thing and uh you can tell uh, you can i thank congratulate me on my choices to be a uh, smoking weed comedian instead of a navy seal which is what i wanted to be from like eight until 17 <laughs> like well, first i want to say that that's okay. And you can forgive yourself for that because 
obviously didn't work out so well for me, but uh, I don't think what that people... What a way to phrase that, I'm sorry. <laughs> but also, I don't think that people need to do something like that to feel like a man or to feel like they have accomplished something or to have purpose. And that's one of the messages that I want to like, generally speaking, want to kind of like always, always push out in, in what I do. Cause so many, so many young guys that, you know, went on mission with me, whether infantry or whatever, they're like, I, I just don't feel like I have a purpose now that I got out. And it's like, well, the purpose is like, that's what you can find as an individual with anything. And it doesn't, you don't need something external to do that. But a lot, I mean, I, I had a guy who's like 40 or 50 or something. He was like, I hate myself because I didn't do the military thing. And I was like, well, can you fucking, and he's like, he's like, what can I do to like support? I was like, well, you can fucking forgive yourself, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because it doesn't mean it doesn't make you a man to do this stuff. And that's kind of tying back to seventies big. Like I, I was wanting to like, you know, achieve manliness, but not like what, whatever manliness it like kind of became from like societal input. So it was almost I, like satirizing I, I, it. Yeah. Can I jump in time. here a little bit? Because yeah. this is something that really attracted me to you. And I consider a part of my brand now is like masculinity without toxicity. It's like you can be, it's like being a man without, it's like without the removal of like traditional mach- machismo shit. And it's yeah. like, there's ways to do it now. And there's ways to talk about, I want to have big shoulders or I like the way that this person looks like there's ways to do it without. And that was another thing that attracted me because I've always been part of those communities. I play fucking men's league rugby. I played, yeah. I, I played football in high school. I played uh, rugby in college. I, I've been always in the gym. I've always done martial arts and there's always like a vibe of masculinity, but Usually in an annoying way, in a homo, in a homophobic way, in a misogynistic mm-hmm. way, in a uh, bullying way, and I I'm felt gonna like sum what, it up for you. It's Tommy Tough Guyism. Tommy you, Tough Guyism. I love right. it. That's a and great you see phrase. that you see that in special operations, and in my job, for example, there's like a they kind of are changing the structure of this, but there was like an entire company in our battalions devoted to essentially more of a direct action mission where uh, those guys would do more shooting and they didn't do the other green beret skills because they're the combat is important, but that's not the sole thing that we should be doing. Like right. teaching and we're building rapport and we can work by with and through an indigenous population. But some units are like, you guys are just the fucking warriors of shit, like special extra focus. Like Ranger on regiment is a light infantry unit that is used for light infantry taskings, like in combat. And then uh, our unit, the bread and butter is unconventional warfare, which is what those guys were doing in, that started in Vietnam, but it goes back to the office of strategic services from world war II, splitting into the CIA and its special forces. And so we have a lot of different taskings, but uh, this particular company was focused on direct action. And then, so what you get out of that is like a culture that kind of loses some of the other things that make us effective. And they're kind of like a very di- specific tool for a job. And they almost sometimes don't have the ability to go back to, being a generalist, but they those turn guys into are hammers. So that was the nice way. Nails. Yeah, that was the nice way of kind of doing the preface for them. But that what you get is Tommy Tough guys who just want to jack steel shoot guns, which is cool. Um, but when you apply the Tommy Tough guy, like you know, hazing new people and like just being a dick to people and like insults being your your primary, like that's it's exhausting. And the, uh, all of the friends that I'm very close with. We don't identify with that. And like based on the teams I've been on, I've been on great teams. Uh, 
you can have fun while you do it too. Like the, the medic from my first team, he's one of my best friends and we would dick around all the time and I would joke around in combat too. Like, <laughs> well, so. that, that, you're, you're directly in my wheelhouse here. I've constantly been in these super macho situations and super macho removing the idea of the military and uh, specifically special forces, uh, civilian super macho situations. Sure. And these, and I always gravitate, like I'm the one who's busting balls or being cute. Like back in the day, when someone would be homophobic, I would act gayer, like at a spot. Like, <laughs> yeah, at, right. That's not something you're supposed to do anymore, but I would, you know, touch a thigh during a rugby match to a guy <laughs> who used the F word just to fucking spite him. And, right. uh, and, the, and finding the other kind of goop. And that's what I think when 70s Bay came around, is like, I want to be friends with dudes who are trying to bench 405, but don't talk about. Like, if you don't bench 405, you're a pussy. Like, they don't care that people bench less. Like, your attitude has always been, like, improve yourself and stuff. So I've always dug that. And you you couldn't know this at the time, but I was, like, such a little special forces head. I read – I'm, like, reading, like, Chief Doc Watson's, like, Vietnam point man stories when I'm 11 years old because I was, like, preternaturally smart. Eventually, I was this smart at 11 is what I learned. And (laughs) No progress. (laughs) Yeah, no progress. At 22, I was just, like, at my peak, but I was as smart as my 22-year-old self at 11. So I just set up (laughs) potential and disappointment for every teacher and parent I've ever had. But (laughs) that being said, I was, like, reading about Vietnam and blowing up hooches, and I'm, like – special forces and then i was into i was a beach lifeguard so i was a good swimmer and i was like this is perfect for me and then eventually yeah. someone my high school psych teacher i was taking psych because i was like i might go in the navy seals or fbi counterterrorism. i was like all over the place and my psych professor's like you should do comedy i'm like what are you talking about she's like you're so obviously want to be the funniest guy in class you obsessed with yeah. attention it's how you interact with everyone and i was like nice try i went away to college as a biology major for one semester and was like <laughs> no she was right i want to be a comedian and yeah. like also i like started to think about what it would really entail to do something like that and i was like it's not sports team training at that point which i never minded telling coach telling me to take laps but the second it's like life and death stuff i was like Maybe this isn't for me. And I just was like, but you know I'll do improv. You know, what's interesting about the comedy, though, is that it's a rapport builder, but it's also it's a very effective thing to corral Tommy tough guys in those environments, because if someone was because some you, we would have a guy that would uh, and I love him, but he he would be the type that would be he'd go through the throat with an insult and like make a like a dig that would be insulting uh, that would piss somebody off. Right. That would yeah. kind of be like because he was angry and would lashing back. And so my default would be the jokes kind of like you, but like the more silly, the better, because then it like brings their guard down and it like makes the guys that they're going after more comfortable, you know? So it's kind of like, like a, oh, you're just, you just over there and you want to just wear your panties, you know, just saying something stupid. <laughs> yeah. You just want to wear your panties under your kid all day and have no pants on, like just something <laughs> really, really dumb. And then they're just like, you know, it's hard because it's hard to counter stupidity with like anger in a way like and it also is your defense is now where I'm just getting into the psychology of uh, verbal sparring. But if you make the if he tries to be angry with you and you're being silly, anyone else watching makes he looks like such an asshole. Like if you're not affected by it, if you're like, you're right, I do like it like that. My my mom said, actually, you weren't that good of a lay. She wishes you could have hit it longer. And if they're like, what? Wait, what? And you're like, ha, keep trying to dig in now, motherfucker, because the shoe is on the other foot. Think of it like it's a way to influence situations because it completely 
you can completely like steer the group into like a different mindset. And um, that isn't just important on an ODA, but like the team aspect of that is very unique. Cause you're like an older guy, you're like doing something similar to what you did after school in high school, playing a sport, but you're doing it like all the time, every fucking day. And then when you're on deployment, you're doing it in a place where you're getting attacked all the time. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, fucking crazy. so, <laughs> so it's just like, it's just like a really unique thing, but like the, how the, the culture of everybody is doing will influence the success. So the it's, so I think that comedy can directly influence that. And I think it's more, it's better to think of it as influencing compared to manipulating. Right. Cause you can get into emotional manipulation in groups too, where it's uh, just bringing everybody down. But I think the comedy brings everything up. One time I went into this compound and uh, it was kind of like a giant castle, like giant walls around the edge and like two stories. And uh, the Afghans went in and they went right. So I cleared left. There was this giant dog with a, a head, the size of your body barking at me. And I like, had my safety off with the holdover of my EOTech holding over top of his head. So it'd shoot him between the eyes. I was like, please don't fucking come down here. And he was like, rrr, rrr. and then he just like receded back into a giant haystack. But anyway, <laughs> I went in there. Everything was fine in the compound. I, I, I'm like looking around because it's like very it's interesting. It's like fucking people live here. This is a thorough country. It's like mud. And uh, then this turkey came around the corner and not like a JT, not like a jive turkey, but like a, a <laughs> an actual turkey that was like his head was probably like up to my chest or something. He was <laughs> fucking huge, which animals don't do well in that country, especially like the, the cattle or the beef. The cows don't do well. But this turkey came around. I was like, I was like, holy shit, look at the size of this motherfucking turkey. And I'm like, immediately call my buddy. I'm like, hey. And he's like, yeah. And he's like. Wondering if I had a situation, not like not nothing dangerous, no rounds were popping off. But he's like, what? You know, maybe there's. He's like, well, I wonder what's going on in there. And I'm like, you gotta come look at this fucking turkey, man. I was like, it's a fucking huge. Look at this jive ass turkey. And he came in and he just walked around the corner and just started laughing. And like, so that was how I was on mission. Like I was in control of a you know thirty to forty people, but then I was like as an aside, breaking the fourth wall and kind of like dicking around, which yeah. was fun. Dude. That sounds like a scene in a fucking like, sh like, you know, one of those dusty action movies about special forces guys where they're in a compound and like three false starts as to like, you know, everyone's on edge and it's like, oh, it's just a dog in the haystack. And then the last one is the turkey. And they're like, ah, <laughs> and then the attack would happen in like yeah. in the movie. It would be but like, for a second. It's like the ending of a G.I. Joe episode. Yeah. Everyone's like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, we learned a lot about turkeys today. Didn't we firefly? <laughs> so check this out. Uh, oh, again, shit. we'll have to verbally describe this. Hell yeah. Oh, okay. You, Justin, real quick, said, uh, I'm going to show you two things during this, and you're going to think they're both really cool. And I was like, sure. The first one he showed is an actual dope ass indigenous, like wooden piece by a wooden looking piece. By, and then the second thing he just pulled out was, you can tell them. This is, this is the M4 that's destroyed and doesn't function anymore. That's why I have it. But it was blown apart. This is the M4 getting, you were carrying? Yeah. So. This this is the hand pieces, just like a Magpul plastic, but that blew apart. The whole buttstock is in pieces in this bag right here. Damn. And then the barrel, you can't see it, but like this uh, rail was cracked, and then the barrel's bent. And then uh, I tell you what, man, this I'm I don't, not sponsored it by anything, but this EOTech got blown <laughs> it's, apart. It's but these shits, if the glass breaks, then they keep they keep a zero. So like you can you still mean like shoot they them. don't lose focus, right? As long as it's attached to the to the gun, still 
Well, no, the, a zero is like if you're you have to zero your gun every time you put a new optic on, like to make sure that at this distance it's hitting the bullseye, where, it's hitting where I'm aiming. Oh, oh, cool. And yeah. so if a zero gets thrown off, then you know a really bad one would be like if I'm trying to shoot you in the chest and it doesn't even hit you, for example. That would be like pretty severe. But um, but usually when shit gets kind of broken from you know blowing up, it it doesn't work. And the EOTechs work is the kind of the point on that. <laughs> oh, but, oh, uh, I'm literally looking at this gun. Uh, this M4, and you know, it, this makes you say something like, "Man, Americans really know how to make a product." But I'm also looking at the person who was holding that gun when the same explosion went off. I'm like, "Wait, no, some Americans are a fucking product." And like, you just you you said it, you touched on it a little earlier, but and we'll get into more training stuff in a sec. But you touched on it a little bit earlier, but you said part of the thing that saved your, one of the main factors in saving your life was that your guys, you were the uh, one of the medics in the crew right a, cor- yeah. a corman or do you guys call him corman in the uh, no, we're, it- we're just like the official term is special forces medical sergeant but we have like our mos's are numbers and letters so i'm an 18 delta oh, okay. like there's a charlie there's a bravo charlie delta echo on the team other other ones but so there's two of those each of those there's like an engineer a medic a combo guy and a weapons guy there's two of each of those and I, so i'm one of the medics on the team yeah uh and so but you had all your guys you were working with them on like triage uh like response stuff all like. the guys that treated me were on my first trip we we're on all we we're all like attached or on a different team at that point um but they're all my friends so i'd train them in at least like 30 legitimate sessions or of of medical training and i had to fight for extra training before that trip where i got blown up where i feel like if i didn't piss people off and like go around them to get us more training I don't know what would have happened to me. You know, like I got us like two extra days of training for the entire company. And, uh, but yeah, so I I don't believe in a lot of higher power shit, but every once in a while you hear some story like that where it's like, I just felt the need that we needed to do. Like, let's just check blank one more and the parachute's not there or whatever, you know, like (laughs) I just felt the impulse. It's just like, that's so fucking dude. That's happened to me in combat where I was told to assault up this like hill and there was a cliff on each side pretty much. And so it's maybe like 50 meters across terraces going up that are like two to three feet. And then I knew the reporting because I was a medic, but I would look at all the Intel stuff. And I knew one of them had like, this was a bad down location, a command and control center and shit like that. That's what they use it for. Like, so I was like, well, I know that place is bad. And I was, there's this giant window and a fucking tree. And he was like, you're going to assault up that way. And I was like, well, I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing all day, which is shooting grenades first and seeing what happens. And then going, we call that recon by fire, but like there's no advantage. Like I wasn't sneaking around. It was broad daylight. And this was like an extremely, if you're in a video game, you'd be like, we shouldn't run up that. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to get murked. And it's like, uh, this is for real though. (laughs) I had the dude shoot a grenade and a fucking dude started running. So I, I, me by myself was engaging in the window and the tree, the the scary window was just like throwing rounds, like one, two, three, and then going back to the tree, like do, 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 just, aiming back and forth. And then a machine gun opens up from the tree and I'm behind like a two and a half foot terrace. Like some, you know, if you're in front of your couch, like laying yeah. down from your couch, I was like in behind something like that. And I would get down and I would change mags. I went through like three and a half mags in this firefight. And we call this fire superiority. You're trying to gain superiority, but like when it's M4 versus machine gun, you don't one of those it. wins yeah. like really quickly, <laughs> but luckily their machine gun was jamming. So there's there, they would, their rate of fire would stop and then I would shoot at them to try and make them stay down and stuff to try. And I was bringing my machine gun up, but then I got pinned down for like 
five minutes. But going back to five minutes in this moment back, feels like a fucking full class day of class. Oh, right? yeah. Like, that but feels I joked like around, though. Look, this is tying a lot of things in together because I was laying back there and then another one 500 meters to my left started shooting at us. Uh, and I was like, so I was I didn't have cover from that one. I just had cover from the guy that was like 60 meters away. And I was like, I'm going to get shot in the legs and my legs are big. And I'm going to fucking bleed out. And I I might die right here. I was just like, fuck. And then I looked at the dude next to me who's an American and he had, he was in range regiment. He had been in like 10, he had been in a lot of combat for like 10 years. And I looked at him. And I was like, dude, this fucking sucks. Like making a face. <laughs> and he just wasn't amused at all. And he had been in way more combat than me. And I was like, all right, well, if he's worried, then we're, f- this is not good at all. <laughs> that would be Justin. That would be exactly me. I'd be like, no, pretty nuts. Huh? And when the guy who's an actual, like even more uh, experienced goes, like doesn't give you any fun right. back you're like oh it's kind of like tropic gr- thunder actually i'm like oh fuck like <laughs> yeah but dude two things happen next uh so smoke you throw a smoke grenade and it takes some time to billow up but it can conceal your movement and this was a situation where that would be really cool um because <laughs> like it would there's be this very little beneficial tree, to be able to tree move. like smaller than my forearm was just like getting splintered from all the rounds hitting and uh <laughs> So somebody throws a grenade, but like the grenade landed like five feet in front of me. And I was like, are you fucking serious? I was like, can you throw that baby a little fucking farther? Like this. I was like, why are we not airstriking this? Like, what the hell's going on? And uh, my other buddy's like, just stay down. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm not getting up. Like, this is don't worry. And then, you know what I felt, though? This something land on my fucking shoulder and roll off. And I saw I assumed it was a grenade from the bad guys, like a frag grenade. And I just was like, like, like put my helmet angled my helmet towards us so it wouldn't get my neck and i just was fully expected to like just get blown up with a fucking grenade and then it goes and started shooting smoke so some dickhead behind me from my you know my my element threw a fucking smoke grenade it hit that tree and landed on me and scared the fucking (laughs) shit out of me and and then uh i picked it up and like threw it forward but those things are hot as fuck so i was like yeah (laughs) so it's like all this like little side shit is going on while there's a machine gun like like shit you know like probably like the weirdest like action comedy scene that I probably was in because you know, nothing, nothing bad was happening to any of us. A lot of your like, other action scenes have way less comedy. The one yeah. you told me about earlier, uh, the titular big one, that's not that funny. That's yeah. fu- that one was kind of fucked. And then I was yeah, on a lot one, of ketamine. That one was pretty. If I had to really dig on it, that one was pretty bad. Yeah. That's like just a lot of ketamine. And going back to the gun, dude, this is like the shards of Narsil now. Like the sword that was broken from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, that, that That's so fucking like truly. And I, I'm being such a fucking a little bit of a cornball here. But it's like one of those things where you're like, damn, that's a well-made American machine. And then you realize there's a <laughs> person behind it who has prosthetic legs. And it's like, whoa, that's a fucking American human machine. Like <laughs> you, you survive that. Because you trained your men, like you said. But definitely part of it was you like you're that you're a tough hard person like you're that's in you that's in you that's like inside I mean, of I you was, bef- before as long yeah, as i've known I you and, I, and it's parasocial yeah and I, I fucking i inside of you is fucking you're a fucking hard ass well i appreciate that <laughs> when it happened like after i came back from that dissociation thing i was like fuck if i like in my head like if i'm gonna live through this this needs to be a perfect clinic because like when we do training we call them clinics when you're doing like a working on trauma scenarios and I was just like, f- like, 
Yeah, we need to like, get. I mean, an a we plus. need to get fucking blood TXA, which helps clots from breaking down. It's like something you give when someone's bleeding really bad. Uh, you can basically flush an IV with it and then hook up blood, which is if you're a, if you're a fucking baller medic, then you're you got that shit lined up going in that order. So I was like, we need fucking TXA. We need blood. I was like, hey, this motherfucker had the blood. Where's he? And he was like, the Afghan interpreter was just he ran away. And I was like, we'll go fucking get the blood. The other dude has the litter. And and then I was like. My mags and my shear, I always kept trauma shears on my chest. They just fucking just blew out. So, you know, oh. it just went like a fireworks. And so I would look, 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 excuse me, looked down for my shears. They weren't there. And I just, the guy who was leaning over me, putting tourniquets on, I just took his shears, cut my shirt off. And I was like, fucking put a saline lock in here, which is going to be an IV. And I was like, and fucking get ketamine ready. Cause I was, it was insanely painful. <laughs> like, I, I, that's what, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you have the fucking wherewithal to like run your guys through it. Now that's, that's you. That's training. That's like lizard brain shit. Like once you've done it, like once it's wrote, but this is something that deeper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> their, their ability to do it. That's part of training, but like the ability to like, uh, be in blown up so that you have the brain injury plus whatever's happening. I don't know. Like there are there are hard ass guys, and then I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, like I, I just I was like I if I don't play a role in this, then I don't. I think it'll be more successful if I do. And then I played a role in it for like the next 10, 15, maybe almost fifteen minutes, and then I got ketamine, and then it was just like, just like fucking started portaling through. Oh my space. god! Fuck, um, dude. We give ketamine for analgesia, uh, uh, for pain stuff. Yeah. yeah. And. uh Usually it's like 50 to 100 megs, like a big guy like me, I would probably just go 100. I think I got um, 100 megs IM in a muscle injected just into the muscle. And then I got 50 IV once they had my saline lock in and then they hooked up blood and put a pressure infuser on it. So you don't have to hang it. And I was just fucking in and out. And they had to move me down like these terraces that were like 10 to 15 feet tall. They would vertically like hoist me down in this fucking litter because I had like a. It's a thing you can drag. It's a skedco. You can. It was invented for elk meat out of the backcountry to drag it on the ground instead of carrying it. But anyway, I'm on that thing and they're fucking lowering me and hoisting me and there's like contact and we're like in an area that is definitely within the sector of fire of the enemy. So there's. I was gonna say when you say contact, you mean there is fire going on. It's a firefight. Enemy, enemy, like friendly and yeah, firefight going on. Those other guys on their side of the valley are just like getting their gun on and then there's airstrikes coming in and they're all shooting mortars from our outpost, which was like a mile away. So, uh, I was out for all that until, uh, like, right. I think the ketamine started coming, wearing off as I was about to be, I was up, we were on the landing zone area and the helicopter was coming. And I remember grabbing one of the teammates and, and like being like, I'm going to die, dude. And he was like, no, you're not. No, you're not. And he was like, you're being positive, which, was what you should do, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I was just like, which I, is what you probably like, trained him to do. <laughs> I was literally like, you know, I was probably really close to just being dead. And uh, <clears throat> even with that blood and I could, I don't know, I, I guess I could feel it, but the ketamine fucking warps all that shit really intensely. And uh, <clears throat> you know, it was, I, I just remember that it's like, but that also tainted with ketamine and ke- I, I won't, I won't be doing ketamine recreationally ever. Cause it's like really fucking weird for me. Cause the yeah, first time I got it, it was it's that got a little scenario. bit of a trigger point. Yeah. It's like, but it's just hmm. really fucking weird. And it like imprints things in your vision and it kind of stretches moments out. So yeah, it was, it was pretty weird. Oh, that's fucking wow. Well, enough about you. Let's talk. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
<laughs> all right, all right, we but, get it now. But Let's I'm grateful how- to be here. <laughs> no, dude. And I'm grateful to be on high and mighty. <laughs> I'm grateful for you to be here with us. Thank you for your service. The fucking, uh, you know, seriously, thank you. And uh, we're lucky to have had you before, and we're even luckier to still have you ne- uh, with us, brother. So I appreciate I'm, I'm, that. I'm, I'm hyped on that. Welcome to Stock X, the only live marketplace for what's now and what's next. I am wildly unhip, but thanks to Stock X, I can see what the cool new trends are and also purchase them. So whether it's the latest sneakers, apparel, electronics, collectibles, trading cards, a little more in your old man's wheelhouse right there. Everything on StockX is brand new and 100% verified authentic. With StockX, you have the power to shop millions of hard-to-find or sold-out products at their true market value. Discover products that are on trend and ahead of trends by shopping on StockX. That's what I do a lot. Every once in a while, I end up buying an item, but I do mostly just surf just to see what kind of stuff is cool and out there. Download the app or sign up online and start buying and selling in a few easy clicks. Start shopping at StockX.com. S-T-O-C-K-X.com. This summer, Bespoke Post is here to take your adventures to the next level with a new lineup of must-have Box of Awesome collections. Bespoke Post partners with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods every month. Dude, I got a knife in mine. I I went with the Terra box, which is, you know, for outdoorsy type stuff, uh, tame nature, whatnot. I'm so hyped. I got this great hunting knife. I don't hunt, but I am a camper. So it is cool to add that to my collection. So no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered from travel and outdoor gear. Yeah. To breezy summer styles. Oh yeah. And grooming goods. Always important. Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. I'm going with, I, I want Terra or I want, um, there's another outdoorsy one, which name is escaping me that I also like. Uh, Trail. Trail is another cool box. But hey, take a look at Bespoke Post boxes and you'll be able to figure out for yourself which one appeals to you the most. Okay? So to get 20% up, here's the thing. Take a quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. New boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code MIGHTY at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code MIGHTY, for 20% off your first box. Even for the most uh, narcissistic personal reasons, which is something you and I have been kind of going back and forth on in DMs is there's like random groundswell movements every once in a while from like 20 podcast nerds that want me to play Marvel's Hercules because I kind of look like I kind of look like the way he's drawn now. And everyone's always like, give him the Kumail training regimen. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Hercules has to be mass. We have to have mass. So I'm like constantly like, Justin, wouldn't you want to blah, blah, blah. And so then I thought something that could be fun for our time would be like, let's talk a little like if you were trying to prescribe me a a 39 year old, 40 year old man. A, a chance to get as like I just I 
cur- my current training pr- regimen is like I go to the I lift two to three days a week compound movements. I do like one day. Uh, it all varies because I just like whatever I have time for. I have a Peloton I'll do every once yeah. in a while. So that's kind of like my old man exercise regime that that I'm I've been liking because it's constantly varied and mm-hmm. it, it keeps me on my toes. But if I were to say like. Hey, you have a shot at Hercules in one year. I don't think I would be doing this program. I would be so. I started trying to think like it would be sort of like a power building program in a way. But let's mm-hmm. let's t- let's talk through a little bit what you would prescribe me because there would be some. We would want to keep mass, but we would have to get a little Marvel movie star, right? You know. And so the one of the first things, and this is kind of the general approach, but it applies to you as the individual, is that we look at what the current adaptation is, the current activity level. We take into account like all of the the person's uh, just information, like a history, like their health and what they're – so you have goals and needs and then you have like where they're at and how many times a week they're um, working out. But also like age plays a huge role in that, especially for dudes. And so um, where your current activity level is now, I wouldn't want to like throw that into like the Henry Cavill six days a week or some bullshit or whatever he's doing for The Witcher. You wouldn't just like <laughs> jump into like an insane thing. So there – and then also – like if you had the role, then I'm sure you'd be like, all right, boom, like the commitment is 100 percent. Yeah, I have and the then, time I can shave yeah. some work stuff off because sometimes some money when now. there's sometimes when that uh, that like uh, that incentive isn't there, there's we have to we have to influence the behavior change to turn over to like be like, this is how it is now instead of. Yeah, I'm, I'm training for a very specific event. This event just happens to be a, a, te- a 16 week movie shoot rather than a rugby season or a powerlifting yeah. meet. Yeah, so. Based on what you're doing, the approach is correct, but there's some things around the fringes outside of the training that can immediately be addressed, which is like dietary stuff. Well, let me back up. Before all that, as a 39-year-old who was going to – if this was like a reality, I would be like, you probably want to go on like a TRT dose, like get a good endocrine doc and maybe get some like growth hormone precursors or whatever because that stuff will help you metabolize easier and you'll supplement that with your with a good nutritious diet and uh we'll talk about that in a second but that like the hormonal situation can be influenced by supplements and like food and everything and sleep especially yeah. um but to give them a and I'm not even saying like do a, a real cycle but like obviously in Hollywood that's what happens like when yeah. uh Tom Hardy played Bane like he had the back knee hardcore because he was fucking roided and bloated because of the because of the yeah. regime right like, yeah look so, at the foreheads of all of our favorite uh buff action stars from the 80s and 90s look at their yeah. foreheads now they definitely yeah. were on some sauce and sly Sylvester got caught Stallone's with it in nose, australia <laughs> yeah and his nose is, is like the size of his fucking his old forehead from the rocky days yeah. uh so, yeah, so the, I would legitimately consider a neuroendocrine program like that. And it doesn't have to be like something that you stay on forever. But <clears throat> but one of the things that can help with that is just getting a blood test first. And that you can do that at like any clinic or your own per someone's doctor can. But there's also clinics that just do blood tests. But I would get like a full com- CBC complete blood panel. But I'd get like the hormones done, vitamin D, uh, the lipid profile, because all of those things are good pieces of information of like what the state of your system is. And so if your testosterone is low and your free test is low, and then you would want to make sure you get estradiol and then uh sex binding globulin hormone, I think you just want to make sure you get all those. Cause it just tells more of a picture. And then yeah. if you have that stuff up front and you're like, Ooh, these are like low. And I can see that. Uh, then, then when you go to that, whoever it is, if it's like an endocrinologist or like that weird random guy who will, 
be like 70 years old on steroids with dick pills. And he's just like, I just want everyone to know what this feels like. And so he's the doctor that helps guys with that. Whatever, regardless of the choice, like if you have that data, then they will know how to steer that. And I would want someone that is like going to approach the holistic health appropriately. But yeah, so that's, that's a consideration. And uh, like if someone's yeah, doing, luckily a I live Hollywood. in Los Angeles and there are a lot of doctors that walk that line of like, uh, Look, I don't want you to, you know, have issues down the road, but I think we can judge the system here a little bit. And, uh, yeah. you know, just there's just so many like men's health clinics. And I think the gay community definitely, you know, I live in West Hollywood. The gay community definitely helps keep doctors who care about keeping men virile yeah. and buff into their late years like that shit and my doctor is a, a buff older gay man and he's constantly like we're, we are working on my hormone profile with uh some clomiphene and shit like that okay. right now uh Dude, nothing because i just needed like some judging nothing too bad yeah. if you haven't been on that for a while it it usually gives people like a really intense emotionally difficult period where like pissed off and shit oh. so if you ever noticed anything like that when you started it it, it for me it took for like a month, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is everything why so <laughs> shitty? And then it kind of balanced out. And I was like, then my girlfriend, who's a doctor, was like, I'm pretty sure that's one of the side effects. And then we looked it up and it <laughs> oh. was. I was just like, it just was like, I was like irritable all the time. But so the hormone situation, that's a consideration. But you can influence that hardcore. And one of the best things that anybody can do for everything in their life, whether we're talking about physical, mental, emotional, whatever the fuck health, is sleep. And so yes. I want to jump in here. Because I got to shout out Jeremy Fisher. He was the strength specialist coach at my gym, CrossFit South Brooklyn. He's the guy who saw me being a big, massive ex-offensive lineman, uh, doing really well in squat, press, bench, and and really poorly in uh, Fran. And was yeah. like, dude, yeah, I, I'm a power like, – you can take my programming. We do more powerlifting. He's like, oh, do you read 70s big? Because he would have told the story of pouring olive oil on a pizza. I forget which bodybuilder that was, but he would like order a large pizza and then they would pour a bottle of olive oil. I on think it. that was the guys from Elite FTS. Yeah, uh, I think you uh, are right. Yes, I can't remember his name right now. He got <laughs> he got weird a little bit as he got older. But <laughs> so shout out. I just want to weird? shout out Jeremy Fisher for turning me on to you at the time. And then he did coach me all the way through my uh, like I did your programming with him, his live coach. Coaching, uh, yeah. all the way through for my first powerlifting meet and uh, sweet it, it was fucking dope so uh uh back to uh so and he, and jeremy's famous quote it the the second most anabolic thing you could do for yourself is sleep the i would first say it's is the most anabolics oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. fair fair yeah. then i agree with him that was the um, gag he's like the first is gear the second is yeah getting eight to nine hours of sleep every night which is true but it also like I mean, everything from your prefrontal cortex to having the REM sleep to consolidate memory and have better abstract thought, like emotions improve, neurochemical stuff improves. So not only chemicals in the brain, but hormones in the body all get better. Even insulin sensitivity improves. And and so it's just a total, like you could name a part of your body and I could ex figure out a way to explain how sleep is going to help it. Skin, your fucking wiener wiener being harder for sex or yeah. like having your gut, a, your gut your actual body like your fitness level like mm -hmm. sleeping more repairs you get a more repair you uh, it's the old the old gag we used to say too is like if you get nine hours of sleep it's also nine hours you're not eating 
Like, you know, you only got 15 hours left to eat. (laughs) So like if you're, if you only get four hours of sleep, you got 20 hours to eat and and you're only getting four hours of sleep. And since we're on the high and mighty podcast, (laughs) if you're, if you're consuming cannabis, if you have higher dose stuff later in the night that can fuck with the deep sleep, deep sleep occurs, excuse me, in the first half of the night and REM sleep occurs in the second half. And they both stimulate the production of different hormones that will help you improve your body but also like gain muscle or recover and shit like that so they're they're two separate processes and REM sleep is dependent on good deep sleep so if you have high dose stuff like if someone was dabbing or r- ripping bongs like really or late, eating like a 100 milligram edible or tincture before bed to help go to sleep right? <laughs> yeah and, and i have Which a whole article I yeah i have a whole article about like cannabis and anxiety but like the dose response relationship to what you were just kind of alluding to is important that like if five depending on the person because that their tolerance is going to affect that but like if someone is having like five to 20 migs uh to fall asleep and that is enough and then but they have 100 migs so if x is enough then why would you need 5x right and so like that the dose response relationship can influence that because with cannabis we can reasonably assume based on the endocannabinoid system and all this bullshit is that if you're oversaturating it and giving it too much, just like with anything being too much, that it would be not as good as if you had it dialed into what right that amount. good yeah. dose response relationship is. But anyway, so high dose shit before bed will kind of fuck with sleep. I use it to fall back asleep and I, I can, since I've like kind of reduced my tolerance, I only smoke like once or twice a week now, but I use a vape thing to fall back asleep. But when you're talking about the entourage effect earlier, obviously getting those, ancillary endo or excuse me those ancillary cannabinoids can facilitate sleep like cbd and thc together those and en- all endocannabinoids s- leverage each other in ways that they wouldn't if one of them was absent yeah. and then furthermore the better shit like the organic no-till soil based or shit that's grown will be a healthier plant have those terpenes to express those cannabinoids and so all of that shit is the entourage effect. It's not only just the the you know the presence of CBD in, or G or C or N or whatever the yeah, fuck. It's the limonene, the yeah. all the uh, terps inside of there. Uh, so we uh, something it's my sleep. stone my stonery meathead friends and I were uh, have been discussing is cutting off getting high a little earlier in the evening now rather than like smoking right before bed like that one last blunt or something because. You want to have those dreams back. And as we're getting older, we're learning a lot. And as research goes on, we're learning a lot about the deep sleep, what it does for cognitive brain function, like the long term. So I don't you don't want to fuck with your sleep. I am getting eight to nine hours, but how you can improve the quality of your sleep as well. So would you recommend me maybe uh, quit? cutting off cannabis a little like you know like having a, a win like a window like a feeding window where it's right like, i think the, i'm like I think three hours before bed i'll stop <laughs> so that i when i it's i'm processing it enough yeah that I, can, I think that the that is definitely something that will work in anybody's favor regarding their sleep and uh if you had a way of like me- you, nobody needs this but like someone you like you might be interested in this a biometric device like a an aura ring or something that's what i ha- i use it's a really great sleep tracker not a good activity tracker but it can give you things like heart rate variability and what your resting heart rate is for that that night of sleep and so then you can track it because then you would have actual data like if i smoke before bed then it did this to my sleep and then you would know but if it's like oh that one that strain right there didn't have as much an effect because like maybe the thc was under 10% and that cbd was like above 8% and that one helped me and that one actually helped my heart rate variability then you would just have data and so like 
that Ooh, device was interesting with that. I have a Fitbit. I think it tracks sleep. This one, I they I do. Think it's so. not as good as the Ring. Uh, yeah. Just wrist heart rate bullshit is hard, especially with heart rate variability. Because heart rate variability is like when you have a QRS wave and like a heartbeat, like blimp, blimp, on the fucking yeah. printout in the movie, <laughs> like it, like in Batman where uh, Harvey is like Rachel. Yeah, he's yeah. He's got, he's got the thing <laughs> on his finger. Anyway, um, so uh, what the fuck am I talking? Oh, the QRS wave. The heart rate variability is the measurement in between those heartbeats. So that's like really finite bullshit to measure. And so it, it, the wrist stuff to get like the it artery, the radial or artery on that. Yeah. just doesn't work well. So to circle back to talk about this training shit, like sleep is really important. And yes, cutting out the cannabis uh, within a few three hours is probably good, but you could have like a time of day. Like if you have a normal bedtime, but uh, that'll help. But if cannabis is interfering with your circadian rhythm, that would definitely be a, uh, a reason to adjust the cannabis intake because circadian rhythm is what regulates all of your hormones. And uh, there's a classic yeah. story of like if you're trying to reset your circadian rhythm, get in the sun right when you wake up, which is really easy in L.A. So like right when you wake up, even if you spend like five minutes outside, you're getting that light in and it's stimulating things properly. So keep maintaining a good bedtime and wake time, like if they're regular, that'll help kind of sync things up also. So we mm. talked about hormones and maybe supplementing hormones. We talked about sleep because that will help with all those hormones and the brain stuff. We talked about cannabis with sleep. Now let's talk about the training. Yeah. So the training compound movements are good. With you, I think, given your whatever your body fat level is and what you're trying to go for body fat wise, I'd probably have you still do the same types of things, but I might ha- but I would have you do them in like supersets. So I'll give you an example. There's a program that I run right now and I'm going to write a book on a short book on this one, but so this is the premiere, <laughs> but uh, Hell yeah. the workout. And, and if you're listening to this episode months after it's come out for whatever reason, just see if the book is out and fucking buy it. Let's just say, I don't, I don't know, if, but buy if anything this guy fucking puts out. Oh, trust me. But, yeah. <laughs> if, uh, if it's not out, then harass me to get it out. Yeah. But, then tweet at uh, him. <laughs> uh, there's uh, a so workout. It's essentially like three workouts, but they're the first two are going to be, some sort of pressing movement, a pulling movement, and a leg movement. And you can choose whatever the fuck you want with those. But the two workouts are going to be vertical pressing and pulling or horizontal pressing and pulling. So when I do like the vertical one, I'm going to do a press and I deadlift because I can't squat with my prosthetic situation. But I'll so press, deadlift, pull ups or chin ups. So some sort of vertical pulling. And that's that workout. But I do all three of those in one set and then rest. And so circuit training in general is something that is going to increase your metabolic demand and fatigue your muscles in a little bit different way. And you don't need as heavier loads, but circuit training is also something that can maintain or build lean body mass, especially if the hormonal environment is supporting that, which we addressed with supplementation of hormones, potentially. Uh, I didn't get into nutrition, but but good nutrition, like basically something like paleo with the appropriate macros is going to support the hormones. So uh, with that kind of environment, when you do certain types of training, you'll have better, you'll have, usually people will have better hypertrophy or muscle growth. And so having rep ranges that reflect that in the sets and then the number of sets and then doing them without rest. But I like how it kind of varies the body parts. So you're not like just fatiguing your arms because you like, if you do a press and then you move to deadlift, you're like, we're now working a different part of your body. 
But for you, that's going to be more of an elevated of your metabolism than if you had done all those things fucking separately. Right. Because usually in a normal strength workout, you'd like do all your sets of press and then you would do all your sets of deadlift and then all your pull-ups and your accessory bullshit. But it's so funny right now. And like, and this has got to be because I've been, uh, I mean, and it's kind of common sense based on our functional strength backgrounds, but like my current, like I just have a B, uh, workouts at the gym right now because i'm getting there so infrequently i mean not infrequently but like two days a week mm-hmm. so i just have uh squat press chin and then uh and all and supersetting pressing and chinning and then uh the other day is deadlift bench ring rows and then uh supersetting benching and ring rows but i'm okay, liking nice. this idea of also putting the, the leg movement in there because i'm not pushing weight right now because i am building back up a little bit and this mm-hmm. feels like a great way to like like this is just not something I thought of because I've been so anti sort of Metcon because of CrossFit, but looking at it like just old school circuit training where yeah. it's like, oh yeah, because I'm, you know, I'm bent, I'm squatting 185 right now as I build back up, and it's like I could probably jump to a, a bar and press right after that, and then bang it. Like I could probably without being like, yes, so I'm, I'm not going to hit too. my old numbers anyway. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I was going to get to is that a you're 39, exactly. b b and like. Unless someone's competing or something, but it doesn't really fucking matter what the weight is. <laughs> right. Because what matters is more so the effect that you're getting and not getting hurt. Because if you were to do something that like even if it's a minor tweak and it prevents you from doing more of that thing, then for the purpose of like this goal of playing Hercules, then it interferes with it. Or just for the the sake of you trying to be jacked and tan or whatever is, yeah. <laughs> is that it just is now delaying that also important what, for me thank you because <laughs> because what we need is something that is because the the way the reason those metcons are valuable or like high intensity conditioning works is because it brings your metabolic demand it spikes it with these intense periods of work and then it's either continuous until you finish the workout or it's like interval where you have that period of rest and the intensity comes back down and then it goes back up and so you can do all those with either max intensity, which you don't need to, but that's like kind of what CrossFit is, or like moderating your intensity. So so that's kind of what the lifting thing does is it gives you a certain amount of intensity. It's not going to like your heart rate will get up. It'll, it'll have a spike for the three sets, but it's not going to fatigue you significantly. It's not going to be injurious because you wouldn't pick the loads to be. You wouldn't pick too much weight anyway. Right, right. But uh, so that is the first part of the workout. And then you can do a second part of the workout. And that and that can be that can be a conditioning workout or it can just be more exercise. Like I'll do like arm stuff and then I might ride the bike. I have an assault bike and then assault bike shit is easy because you can just ride continuous if you but if you want to if you're feeling fancy, then you can do like you can do 30 30s, 30s on 30 off seconds or you can do one minute on one minute off or whatever fucking interval. It doesn't matter. And you can go. You can think of it as like light, medium, or high intensity, and you can just it, one easy way is just to go high, low, high, low, and whatever the time frame it doesn't fucking matter because you're just doing something. Right, right, and, uh, right. So the combination of the the like the working most muscle you can in the actual lifting plus something that is getting a metabolic demand that's a good combo, and you can do that in like like sometimes when I do the the triset thing that I just described, whether it's and you're pretty much doing the same split. I can complete that with rest in like 15 to 20 minutes. You know, yeah. like I just do one set and like then all the sets of one of the fuck of each exercise are over, you know, like, right. So right. you do three to five sets of that. And then uh, you're getting, you're getting enough dose 
to get the response of adaptation that you want, assuming the hormonal environment will support it. So that's what nutrition, hydration, sleep will do. Justin, as you're talking in my head, tell me if this is like a good, cause you just like triggered a potential program for myself. Cause I was like, that's kind of perfect for me right now. Cause it'll, and then if I want to eventually get into like, let's see, let's push fives and see how high up I can get my sets of five or whatever that can happen down the line. But for now you're, I'm thinking like based just uh, eight to 12 reps, three, three sets, of this mm-hmm. triset thing you're talking yeah. about. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'll press, squat, chin, rest. Press, squat. And then the other day I'll be like, I'll bench, yep. dead, ring row, and rest. And then I was thinking my and then have some sort of conditioning workout at the end, whether it's monostructural or some sort of like yeah. uh, uh, LSD, like, you know, I'll just ride the bike for 20 minutes while I watch an episode of blank or whatever. You know, just some something, I'll do some sort of like cardio adjacent or conditioning thing but then i'm thinking like in the middle maybe a sort of beach muscle or if it's the movie yes, a hercules muscle sort of like uh superset where it's like oh i'll do sh- like heavy shrugs and then uh hammer curls or so you you're very good at giving me segues because it's almost where i was gonna go anyway but then so that's two workouts right and two workouts is fine for fitness and kind of just gen, you know, doing health stuff. But if you're training for this role or you're trying to like have a deliberate drop in body fat, then you need a little more. So those are two days that you can do at the gym. Part of the problem with like behavior change or just adherence to training is getting to the fucking gym and right. like uh, the, the time or like my fucking how I feel. I don't want to I don't feel like it. But getting there is important. So if you just go there twice, but then you have maybe something because I assume the Peloton's at home. Yeah. So you got the Peloton at home, and then I don't know. Nice. And <laughs> I don't know uh, if you have like for the for the listeners, it's seven inches from my shoulder because I live in a <laughs> tiny ass Los Angeles apartment. And then I don't know if you have like a kettlebell or I, do, I got some but dumbbells, if you have a kettlebell, kettlebells, bands, yeah. dumbbells, and if you have bands, now here is the next part of the program because there's a third day which can be extended to a fourth day which is you're going to do days at home. So like if you were working it from home a lot or you just fucking lazy or you didn't want to go to the gym or if you already knocked those gym days out and it's like coming up on the weekend, you, like you can do a quick 15, no more than 30 minute workout uh, with just with bands. And so like, here's an example of the band workout that I would do. It's sort of like an upper body pump, but it's not fatiguing. And so it's a really low stress day, but it gets a lot of uh, muscle action into essentially what, what a pump is, is driving blood into the muscles and, and that helps maintain lean body mass, but it can build it. Anyway, it's essentially, body and it body. helps so, with confidence and makes you want to get it. It's, it's a good, as someone with a very addictive personality, it's a, f- it's a fun thing to get addicted to. It's like to. coming, coming yeah, in the gym. Like when I'm at the gym, it's like, I'm coming. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I would, uh, I have bands. I have this thing, it's called crossover symmetry, but you can get any bands that have like a handle of some sort, or yeah, you, can yeah. cre- you can make all this shit if you got like really cheap bands. But I've got it like hooked up to my door where there's one coming from the ground and there's one coming from like chest height. Crossover symmetry is like a rehab prehab for like shoulder stuff. It's really good, but it's kind of expensive. So you typically see in like collegiate strength places or, right, like, right. or commercial cool. gyms and shit. But so it's a, it's a good program or a good product, but you don't need that one. So I would basically use the bottom bands and do a vertical press, something that is like I can do eight to 12 reps and it's not going to be, f- you don't ever want bands to be fatiguing anyway. You want, you're trying to focus on the contraction, that whole mind muscle thing. It's sound it's kind of dumb, but like the more awareness you have of how it feels, then the better muscle action there is from a bodybuilding perspective. But also, Bro, if you're I, high I put, and doing I that. put that shit off for so long when I was a kid because you know, I'm, like, uh, like I'm 
probably a few of our my listeners and like company here i was reading muscle and fitness magazine when i was in like eighth ninth yeah. grade like and i was just like obsessed with these guys and they would always talk about the mind muscle connection and i would be a little just uh 90s little rude sort of like what is this whack bullshit and then like when i was in college i, I like worked out with this dude who was kind of like also really like informed and he was like hold your tricep while you do like one arm and like hold your bicep while you do one and connect. And I started to like, be like, I see what he's saying. Now I'm like, the mind muscle connection is real. And now I'm also a stoner. So it's like, you, you fuck yeah, around no, with the bands on where you're like, Oh, you're doing like T you like just trying to get time under tension in a way. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You can have a lot of fun with it. So, so yeah. you got the right idea. So essentially it was a press and then a chest fly. I'm stand, I'm standing doing a chest fly. And then I would drop and do like the same number of push-ups. So if I was doing tens, then I would do 10 of each one of those. And then I would rest. And that's the first part. The second part is like the crossover symmetry rehab thing. So it's a lot of different movements that are essentially r- the scapular back and down. And it's like it's like reverse flies, but also flies, just other, face pulls and other like, angles yeah. and shit like that. But it's a series of exercises. It was like, I think, eight total. And then there's also some stuff to stretch uh, – the external rotators and kind of contract the the uh, anterior part of the shoulder girdle, like the serratus, which is the superhero, blah, 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 like finger ripples on the yeah. <laughs> on the ribs. Um, so so then I would do that, and then the next thing, so that's like second part of this pump workout, and then the last part is just like a by tri superset, where like yeah. uh, whenever you have, uh, you'd always keep both hands up. In other words both elbows contracted so that you always have tension on the biceps. So if one arm is working, doing all the reps for the set, the other one is still contracted, which by the way, to reference in the second time, I got that from Henry, Henry Cavill's fucking Witcher routine. I just watched it. I was like, I want to see how, what he's doing for this role. Dude's he got, was doing, dude's he was got doing, a fucking body, man. He, yeah. he challenged my, uh, what I thought was 100% confident heterosexuality. He challenged it in fucking mission <laughs> impossible. He looked fucking great. The mustache, the hand to hand. I was just like, Oh, Okay, maybe yeah. Uh, sexuality is a is a spectrum. I get it because I'm attracted to this man. <laughs> and then so, put a fucking sword in his hand yeah. for fucking old D and D boy. Like that shit hits even though Now I'm yeah. watching The Witcher and I'm like, okay, yeah. I, uh, it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like he's like a sweet guy. Like he's just like he's just such a nice man. But if you follow him on social, media, he's just like I've guy. I've watched him work out and I've watched him put together his gaming PC. So this guy has two things that yeah. I am huge fan of and have watched strangers do so i, I i'll look at cavill and be like oh, yeah yeah and but he got good advice he did rdls a lot he uh he did some uh he did good compound movements and he got good nutrition advice because it doesn't really look like he was on any juice i think he's just like a committed no. gent but uh yeah so 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 going back to that pump workout it was some upper body shit uh especially like a bunch of pressing stuff and then a bunch of pulling stuff and then a bunch of arm stuff and uh, sometimes I'll do that up to two times a week. If I can't do the lifting, because if I, I can't walk in my legs or it's not a good idea to like do anything on my legs or I'm just lazy or don't want to go out there in the garage, then I would do these band workouts sometimes like two, three times a week. And so it's you think of like how you can make a foot have a full body effect, right? Pressing, pulling and then leg movement for like you at home. If you had the kettlebell swing, you could you know throw swings in with any of those things, do 10 swings in between. Or uh, like every between every phase of your workout, do 20 to 30 swings. And uh, or if you can make the swings more conditioning oriented, that'll always help you. Or don't use the bell. Just do walking lunges like you'll get sore shit in the beginning from that. But like just simple things that are going to get you work like a Bulgarian split squat and walking lunges are amazing. Those are like really great uh, 
essentially injury preventative based exercises that'll help with your stability because you're doing them. It's a single leg stuff. Yeah. Uh, so any, any kettlebell shit is great. So like you essentially have, uh, you get a handful of workouts that like you get two or three workouts you can do in the gym and you get two, like maybe one to two or maybe three workouts you can do at home. Cause for you, you could just Peloton. That's it. Right. It could be easy Peloton just to wake up and get blood flowing, or it could be intense, uh, high intensity Peloton, like doing one of the classes. That could be one of yours. You can have a band workout and then you can have a kettlebell workout and then you, or you can have a mixed one. So the point is you make a hopper, <laughs> not, right not from, like a yeah. CrossFit hopper, but you basically have the workouts and then you're like, based on how I feel, how much time I have and whatever the fuck is going on in my life, which one of these am I up for today? And That's kind of how I've been running it for like the, uh, for most of the quarantine. And then since the gyms have yeah. opened back up, it's been like that. And I'm like, some days I get three days at the gym and then I just do one day, uh, you know, I'm down to one or two days. But, and what you're saying also is triggering because uh, triggering me with more thought because it's very scalable where now it's like, well, I got home from the gym. I could, I'm fe- like, it's week five of this program. I'll do the band workout two hours later. It's like, yeah. I, I, you know, like, and then now I'm like, oh, now I have eight workouts a week, but you know, some, they're like various degrees yeah. of intensity. So and, now what like, I would see what, or excuse me, now how I'd steer you is like a, a certain amount in seven days is going to be better than, a lesser amount, you know? So what I would probably have you do is model it almost like that strength and conditioning program back in the day, but like your lifting days, like I would imagine you, you, you should approach it like, okay, day one and two, I'm going to work out. And then day three is my off day where I don't have to worry about it. So I can, if you wanted to like, f- whether you're going to do something for your body or kind of fuck off, then that's fine. Yeah. But if you're like out of the seven days, it doesn't have to be on these days of the week and you can add in rest days. You're, it's always fine too. But if I had to give it days to give you an idea, I'm, t- I'm saying like lift on Monday and then band work on Tuesday, Wednesday off. And, but band work can also be your Peloton kettlebell, whatever yeah. it can be your, your, your lesser, your lighter workout. So it's almost like heavy, light rest day, heavy, light. So like Mondays and Thursdays would be your lifting days and Tuesdays and Fridays would be your random days. And then Saturday morning could be like a pump session, but, but that's what, so then you get like three pump sessions in a week and then you, but you still have some of the strength training. Yeah. And then all that is done in a way that is like maintaining, like promoting a, the metabolism going up in the session, but then keeping it elevated after the session with kind of those intensity bouts. So it's kind of taking some of the benefit you get from doing the Metcons, but not abusing your body and doing them too much and being too stressful by just going right. balls to the wall every day. So it, it, it meters you down in other words, it keeps you from doing too much because you're only going to do gym stuff two or three days a week. Because when people get into like, yeah, I work out like, you know, five days a week. And I'm like, well, like every day of the week. And they're like, yes. And I'm like, well, stop. <laughs> like, Don't do that. <laughs> but varying it, you know, undulating your stress is always a good approach, especially when you're late 30s and getting into 40s. Um, cause I know that you probably noticed when you hit 30, it was way different when you were 25. Yes. And 35 sure. is different than 30. I'm 35 I'll, now. I'll tell you the hardest, the, the biggest wake up call was I couldn't work out hungover anymore in my thirties. I couldn't right. bring myself in my twenties. I could fucking play in a fucking 80 minute rugby match still drunk from the night before but it just at like (laughs) on my 31st birthday a flip just switched where i was uh a switch just flipped (laughs) a flip just switched Uh uh-oh the entourage effect uh uh a switch just flipped where i was like i can't i 
and that, and then in my late thirties, if I get like real drunk, something I don't do that frequently, I can't. I feel like I I lose motivation for the gym for like a long weekend. It's such a fucking weird thing that it right. does to me because yeah. half an ounce of alcohol takes like an hour to metabolize. So if you end up having like ten ounces of alcohol, that's twenty. That's at least twenty hours of it just fucking getting processed in your body. Right, and that's and your then body you have the residual using energy to it. do that. Oh, yeah, fuck yeah. So uh, one of the things, if someone is going to drink with their high and mighty approach, then I would recommend some sort of electrolyte uh, replenishment thing that doesn't necessarily have carbs, because when you have some of that before bed, like I have noticed a- anecdotally with not only myself and others, that when they have a very good electrolyte thing before bed. Not only can it help sleep just in general for a pothead, but like if someone drank, it it helps them rehydrate because the main problem from drinking is the dehydration and the, of the, the poison in the brain, of course. But yeah, shout uh, out to the producers of Drunk History who do send you home with uh, they put a few electrolyte uh, shots in you before they let you go home. Nice. Uh, yeah. And they watch you for a half hour, walk you to your door. They do everything right. But that was the first time I was like, she's like, I, I, the EMT is like, have charcoal before and there's electrolytes after. And I'm like, oh. yeah. And I'm yeah. like, OK, take a shot of activated charcoal, drink a bottle of Casamigos, have two electrolytes, <laughs> eat some Taco Bell and see you in the morning, baby. Yeah. And then wake up with some electrolytes. <laughs> Electrolytes and then balance that with water the next day. But that's like some I like I like throwing pothead tips in whenever I do like a, a cannabis based <laughs> show because <laughs> yeah, like, you can you can it's like it's like mitigating the the damage. So like if you were going to eat dirty because you're high and you're like I'm going to fucking just crush, uh, you can have a digestive enzyme and that'll like if you're having lactose from milk or cheesecake or whatever the ice cream and shit. Yeah. Like having a digestive enzyme that has lactase in it and then lipase which breaks down fat. Amylase, which breaks down carb, protease, it breaks down protein. Like if you're going to have like fucking ribs and ice cream and because you're high and it's going to be awesome, then you can you can mitigate that a with the digestive enzymes because that'll help that shit break down and not fuck your gut up. But then B, all those new all those actual macros are then going to be utilized instead of like the some of sometimes it doesn't work like that. And you poop a lot of it out when you get right. too much shit in. Or it's just inflaming your gut. So yeah, your body can't like soak that much. Like how right. you piss out, like when you take a multi and you piss yellow, and it's yeah. like the water soluble shit. Once you're topped off, the water soluble stuff just gets pissed out. Yeah. So that's a way to dam- to mitigate damage, and then but that's how the I would have you approach the workout like that, where you're like, okay, I'm shooting for minimum three, probably no more than five days a week of doing something. And if that only means, even if that means you don't go to the gym and you get Peloton three times a week and you get two pump sessions, then you win. If you get three sessions in a week, you win. Right. And all three of those can be cool as shit because they can be while you're high, 15 minutes, fucking just curling or <laughs> yeah, whatever the fuck right, you want to do. Right. So, the, but that's that's the behavior change trying to like kind of make it easy to like, oh, that's an easy step to make because I can do all this shit at home and it, it doesn't have to be very long. Uh, and you don't have to, obviously like the muscle and fitness approach has tons of sets, tons of reps and shit. Um, granted those are all advanced type lifters who are on tons of fucking drugs and shit. But, um, so having something that you can still progress the weight on, because you mentioned like, I'll do, I'll run like eights or something. You can start with sixes and just do the first session, see how you like the first week you can go to eights and then tens and then twelves. And then just re- if you want, yeah, you then can go hang to, out, put then another 20 pounds around. on, go to sixes. Yeah. Or you can yeah. just go back to sixes and you, and you just kind of start it over. It's kind of like five, three, one in that regard. Five, three, one decreases Whip, the reps yeah. each week and makes the weight go up. So that one's good for just people who won't like, I have some good conditioning additions to that, uh, which is going to be another book by the way. But, uh, 
snake PT because I made it when I was in the course snake eater <laughs> yeah, beret yeah. shit. So it's going to be kind of like a this was like how I trained for special operations type training. But yeah. five three one is a good program. Uh, we're just kind of reversing it for you and that we're trying to get um, no rest hypertrophy based rep ranges that are going to stimulate not only your musculature, but also your metabolism. But the five, three, one approach is something that keeps someone in check where they don't do too much volume and too much intensity. We kind of have that same thing built into this. Cause like you're only lifting twice a week. You're not doing like the Texas method fucking right. four days a week or some shit. So yeah, that'd be how I approach it. And then uh, like the next time we talk, I can really hammer down on like your nutrition and we can right. like kind of parse through like, the, okay, the main thing I would say is that you just want to try and make every snack and meal kind of like a balanced macro. So if you're having like those drinks or snacks or meals that are like really high carb and it's processed carb, then obviously that is the first thing to bring down. And and uh, I just wouldn't really drink sugar. Like yeah. if you don't drink sugar, that's a that's good approach. That's the first pitch I always say to any friends who want to lose weight. I'm like, lose any uh, liquid calories. Like, you know, yeah. like what, well, I can't give up coffee. Fine. Give up everything but coffee. Like that's fine. Like that's, you don't have to drink it black. You can put, you know, yeah. tweak that as you, you need. But like, if you're still drinking sodas as a grown up, like you just have to give it up. Like, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like that has, like- you have to treat it like alcohol. You have to be like, I had a cherry Coke at the movie theater this weekend. And that's <sighs> enough until like six weeks from now. <laughs> like, that's like, like those big, those fucking big cups have so much sugar in them. It's we were on a crazy. TDY to like Georgia one time and we got iced, we got sweet tea at a fucking like Mexican place, right? <laughs> and, the, and the sweet tea was like, you know, like the water was like sitting on top of the sugar in there. Like it was just so potent that when we took a, I took a sip of it, I was like, I couldn't fathom drinking more than like several sips of that because it was just like <laughs> boil my insulin out of my fucking nostrils. So the making macros balanced, uh, always start with starting with a protein. If you kind of know the amount of protein in different amounts of meat that can help you, like an ounce of meat is roughly six, seven grams of protein typically. So, you know, like eight ounces, you're looking at somewhere around 40. So having the carbs be no more than like twice the amount of the protein. So like if you have 40 grams of protein roughly, uh, then you don't, you try not to go above 80 grams of carbs and that ratio is pretty good. And then you have a good fat. And that means the protein and the fat will kind of slow the absorption of the carbs and the ins- the, the hormonal the effect is different. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. then if these are clean sources of carbs like potatoes and and uh, shit like that, as opposed to uh, just processed bullshit, then that's only in your favor. So having a good macro approach can uh, can damper the effect of the carbs. Or if you ever are going to be like, I'm going to have this dessert, or I am going to have uh, the fucking cherry coke at the movie theater. Then you might be like, okay, I'll let me have a fatty thing with it, which I don't know, you could have chocolate, I guess. But then you, you might have been like, okay, before I leave, I'm going to drink a protein shake, right? like right. a 40 to 50 gram protein shake. And then it'll sort of it, – it just mitigates the damage. It doesn't fix things. Yeah. And then one of the best things to do for nutrition stuff is to just do intermittent fasting. So That's what I found. A- in the quarantine, I was able to lock that in because out, outside pressures kind of – and that's how I – I couldn't break below 300 for a long time, even though I was like running half marathons and stuff. And then like, you know, I was lying to myself a lot too, obviously. But in the last like couple of months, I've broken the 300 barrier. I'm broken the 290 barrier. I'm down in in my 280s for the first time since I was competing as a power lifter. (laughs) Like, and it's so it feels fucking, it feels fucking great. And it's because IF like, and I was just, I started practicing it by being like, 
it's so annoying to do three meals every day from home. So it's like, all right, well, let's just push the first one till later. And then I was like, ooh, now I like kind of working out having not eaten. I never used to train unfa- uh, train fasted. Now I yeah. like it because I'm not going two hour squat sessions or whatever right. anymore. You know, so I it's just- like. Sorry. Feels so fucking good. And then like having that first meal post workout always just feels so good. And you're like, then I'll eat another one and in less than uh nine hours from now, and then not eat after that. And like yeah. it feels fuck it's like a for me as a person who has like minimal self-control, uh and like just not like you know what I mean? And I I, I just giving myself a window truly lets me just be like, yeah. okay, yeah, I don't fuck you know, around just- outside. I just talked to Rob Wolf yesterday. I oh shit, there's a yeah. So we talked a little bit about this. But he he uh, emphasized two things that I think are really helpful, especially for intermittent fasting, because he's more he teaches a lot of keto stuff. But keto is and to review keto is mainly not eating carbs to get into ketosis. But different types of people will have different demands for that. And my general recommendation is to steer people more towards intermittent fasting because it corrals their calories. It, it corrals their hormonal system, which I haven't, we haven't dug into yet. But uh it also gives them the window, like you're saying. But one of the things for working out is to make sure you have electrolytes going into that session. And Rob has a has a product. I'm, I'm an ambassador for it. But the product, the electrolyte one, is it works really well. But you can also go on and just search Keto A and they have like a free uh, ingredient thing. Like if you're going to make a gallon of this shit, put this much sodium. And so they, they had that out forever before they made this product. But the point being that having some sort of electrolyte stuff with sodium and a little bit of potassium, a little bit of magnesium going into your fasted workout, you'll probably feel pretty fucking awesome with that. I, it's I've, been almost drinking a B, I've been drinking a BCAA and electrolyte mix nice. uh, uh, with water peri- are you starting like, your, are you, during workout. Yeah. Is, are you counting the BCAs as the start of your fasting? Like your fasting yeah. window is broke? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the fir- so that was, that's uh, the first thing that I recall from talking to Rob is like electrolytes leading into it. And so BCAs plus electrolytes is probably real nice for fast and stuff. And then the next thing is, is that when you're in an intermittent fasting scenario, you typically are eating fewer meals sometimes. And then to get the same calories as you did in the normal eating window takes effort. But typically what you find is that people are good with their carbs and their, and their fat if they're balanced, but they're low on protein. So you might want to cheat more towards your protein oriented thing. Plus your activity level is about to slightly increase because of the program approach and the more in high intensity stuff you do up to three times a week, whether we're talking intervals on the Peloton or adding a little burner or a sled thing or something at the end of one of your lifting sessions, uh, or just getting on a bike after any of those, the more, if you get those up to like three a week, that'll be good. So then your metabolic demand, all that bullshit's going to be higher. And so the window is smaller than it ever was before. And you're older than you ever were before. Right. <laughs> so, so just cheat more towards more protein. And the, the more you can get all of those things from real food, the better, yeah. you know, that's Rob's approach. Uh, but I, I, I can't, I'm like, and I'm assuming you're similar. I just, I'm, it's burned in my head. It's a, a habit I'll never get rid of, but I need a PWO every, <laughs> like I, I have a shaker cup every time I go, Jim, I can't resist. I can't, you know, I do like greens, collagen, a little sure, way and a little great. fiber. It's a little more grown up than my old PWOs, yeah. but I can't, I can't not have one. It just feels like. And that's I, okay. And then, uh, the more that. 
Yeah. So you're, if you're having collagen, like especially 20 grams of collagen and like a scoop of protein, that's kind of what I'll do is. That's me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's good because the, the collagen helps with all this stuff too. And it's also an anti-inflammatory and it, it just helps with a bunch of shit. So you're, it sounds like you're on the right track. And so then what I imagine you doing is just fucking tightening your shot group with everything of what your approach is. So you have some mins and maxes for how many times a week you're going to train and how many work lifting sessions you're going to do and how many conditioning sessions you're going to do. You can just think of it as like the gym workout and the home workout. Cause it doesn't yeah. have to be more complicated. Cause then if you're like oh, fucking like a, like this one and that one and that just like you're either going to do a gym workout or a home workout. And can you do four or five of those a week? And, but if you get three, you win. Right. So there, so there you go. So like, it's, it's like, okay, I won. I was really busy this week, but I still got those three sessions and I still got a pump and, uh, I tightened my shot group on my food. So like, that's, that's the general approach. Um, and then if you were like actually getting into like confirm this role is happening, then I would steer you more towards let's get regimented. You're going to yeah. be doing it more like a regular basis to really, cause your first thing is to really drive your body fat down. Mm-hmm. And then while you're doing that, it, especially if you had like hormonal supplementation, <laughs> yeah. uh, then you would might be as well like, be putting on your, some, a little your bit lean of body mass could also be ad- adjusting or kind of like going up as your body fat's coming down. But your main thing is we got to get the body fat down right? Uh, first. Cause that's the thing that has been, cause you you have like a metabolic adaptation of that. So now you you're like intermittent fasting is helping to kind of restructure your fucking hormonal milieu. And also your circadian rhythm. So all of those things that we've been chatting about, like the sleep and nutrition and even hydration and the timing of cannabis can influence all these things. Like, you know, you might, you might benefit from uh, upping your vegetable intake. I don't know what you have. I I definitely would. I can objectively tell you that. Here's a pothead uh, tip. If if you're in a situation where you're like, ah, fuck, I didn't eat any uh, vegetables today. Just like, it sounds kind of gross, but I'm sure you've had worse shakes in your life. <laughs> you just get water and just fucking put spinach in it and blend it up and then just and drink that it. with like, yeah. yeah, just like chug it and then it's gone because then you don't have to deal with eating a bowl of salad. Uh, you can cook s- spinach down really well, like yeah. you, in the pan. You, it with cooks down. With a little down, olive oil, a little lemon. But, that, it, yeah. but then, then it requires like effort. And if like sometimes when you're high, you don't want to do that and you're like, yeah, I don't know. You know how I'll tell you. I'll tell you what up. I did last <laughs> night, Justin, to tell you how I've grown. I made myself chicken wings, baked them myself. Uh, uh, and when I realized I just made a plate, my wife's not home, so I just made a huge plate of wings for myself. I'm like, I have 28 wings on a plate. This is disgusting. I should have some vegetables. I go in the fridge. I have baby kale. I just take a bunch of it out, put it on my plate, and go sit down. Then I realize I don't even have a fork, and I'm like, you know what? I really want to eat these wings. I just take a huge handful of kale, jam yeah. it in my mouth, chew it like a kid, like, done. I ate my vegetables, and then I yeah. had 28 wings and fucking kick back and watch Fast 7. <laughs> nice. You just watched Fast 7 last night and when you woke up, it sounds like. Oh, I finished it this morning. I <laughs> fell asleep after that many wings. <laughs> But that's, but that's a good, uh, that's a good tempering to obviously it's like, it's like the force or even like the ring and Lord of the Rings, like being a pothead or, or just cannabis See, in Justin, general. Another reason why I've been following you for 15 years <laughs> is you're also low key a dork. Dude, I, I just reread Lord of the Rings. It was so awesome reading it now that I have consumed cannabis and also been in war because <laughs> oh, yeah, Tolkien, because Tolkien, Tolkien has all these, like, he has all these references that just don't really mean anything to you when you, when you haven't experienced it. But it, like when he's like 
things will never he alludes to like things will never be the same after this in the world but also like with individuals like frodo after he gets stabbed yeah, on weather top like forever yeah like oh. it, so it's just i don't know it was the way he wrote and he's very eloquent and there's a lot of great little things he sprinkles in that I, when i read him i was just like oh fuck but uh what the fuck now you're gonna make me reread it i think you just fucking you should a little inspo yeah uh, i might do a book club soon and then it would be we can chat about it, but it's 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 fantastic, and it was very cool reading it on this side. And the hobbits are basically us, dude. They fucking smoke and eat and just drink a little bit, and they like just they just want to hang out and not really have anything be hard. Yeah, it's it's a real aspirational life watching the hobbits. You're like, oh, that is that they're right. They are right. Like right. And like now I'm an adult and I realize what I want in life, and I just want like. The outdoors, my family, and some cannabis. Like, yeah, you I express mean. the love and connection in the universe, and you just enjoy <laughs> it along the way. Because I can uh, confirm for you from fucking feeling like I died as a as a self and almost physically died that the real value in all this bullshit is to enjoy it and to have a sense of humor about it. And uh, like I like to every now and then get a little high and get a bunch of snacks, and I put on the fucking Shire music. Oh, dude! <laughs> I was just like, and I'm in the mountains, you know, I'm. At, I'm, I'm in my mountains and pine trees outside and just imagine kind of being in a hobbit hole with all my plants and shit and like Hell yeah dude i hope that, you're successful enough someday that like when you have that uh rich guy man cave thing yours is like a little tiny circular door in a hillside oh, and you go in there idea. and you can fucking work in there and you shit think the gary like, sinise foundation will put that in for me when they, <laughs> if they build me a home I'm Gary. Sorry, I'm like I, 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 requ- I, so I request this door <laughs> on this particular room, and this will be a hutch over here, and it's like a hutch for <laughs> this peace pipe is gonna sit in the hutch, you know. Like, I want a fucking like uh, forest weed man cave so bad. <laughs> you know, I I got into my girlfriend is a is a plant girl, and she loves plants and has tons. She has like over a hundred of them. So I have a bunch of plants now, dude. Now my wife runs a, f- a floral company over instagram can oh, we cool. talk about how fucking connected you and i yeah i'm like i want to look I, at I, it I, now i've been low-key chasing you my whole life it seems like by accident yeah. I've been- <laughs> but i just got into the plant thing and like taking care of them so i'll, I'll have to check your wife's stuff out because i think i've seen it a little bit but yeah i'll look at it but That's it's hard so to funny. keep certain things growing up here in the dry ass mountains <laughs> fuck i believe yeah i live in the fucking desert it's a hard thing to just live here no less grow shit here yeah <laughs> Uh, Justin, I want to say, I don't want to take up any more of your time, man, but uh, thank you for doing this podcast. Thank you for doing everything you've done. And thank you for your service, of course. And, uh, anything you want to like plug, tell people to check out. And I, I highly recommend, uh, listeners check out seventies big, read the archives. If they're still out there, I love a lot of great articles. I've never given up croc rose because of you guys. Croc rose nice. are one of my beach muscle workouts. Like I imagine Hercules would have a thick back. So I've been bringing yes, the croc rose back. He would. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he would. <laughs> he, he needs to at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, so 70s big is I'm about to kind of revitalize a little bit. So uh, I'm looking into like subscription type stuff uh, because I uh, don't get tons of disability compensation. So I need to start right. kind of earning Gotta some find money a job. again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I can't work because I can't fucking go anywhere. I like it. Sometimes I can't walk. So I'm starting a Patreon. It'll I'll probably do one for 70s big very soon in the next month. But on my personal side, it's going to be oriented towards like kind of cultivating a community with compassion and critical thinking and improving wellness and emotional health oriented, but also like being able to have a place where we have uh, mature discussions about ideas instead of the normal bullshit on the internet where people are, 
me and like where the tr- where the trolls and the bots can come in and really stir things up with people but kind of like just cultivating compassion and critical thinking so i'm starting a, a subscription thing if that doesn't work out then i'll have to flex or evolve into other things but i'm actually releasing that today on the 18th of june because this is the day that i walked uh Fuck two years ago yeah, so man. um so that patreon is the main thing but like if the the podcast will remain free i don't even have i don't have sponsors or anything for it and it's growing but you know now my attention is more on it because i i enjoy it and i'm not depressed so uh, <laughs> i'm gonna be doing more shit for that doing some more writing so i'm gonna i'll have little products coming out but like 70s bigel once this subscription thing is out for the personal stuff it's called project little steps by the way oh i like it project oh, dude, little steps last last thing is like the day after i got blown up when i woke up and two of my teammates that saved my life were there i was like yeah, blah, 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 blah. You just got to put one foot in front of the other, even if you ain't got any. <laughs> <laughs> and I was doing that on March 6th, dude. Like, I made that j- probably every three minutes because you have no short-term memory. <laughs> you have goldfish memory at that yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so <laughs> the justinlassic.com where people can find most shit. And it's or 70sbig.com, 70SBIG. And, yeah, uh, check the L-A-S. show notes of this episode. Uh, the links will be there. So uh, you could just click through yeah. and uh, get on them that way. And um sure you'll see me and justin talking and retweeting this uh tweet when it's about so at when it's out so you could follow justin follow uh 70s big get back get back out there people um justin this meant this meant a lot to me dude this is like you're this thank you very much man yeah i appreciate i'm glad we did this man Uh, yeah this was cool and i i i have a feeling it's not the last time no i have a feeling we'll be talking again sometime soon i'm hoping it's uh via me going hey you said you need a job disney says i can hire a personal trainer to be hercules you want to do it over zoom can i have a picture of your front double buy for fucking (laughs) (laughs) just give him this as my resume (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Look at this fucking guy. <laughs> He's hired. Get me Lassic. <laughs> Dude, but my calves are having a lot of trouble growing lately, though. <laughs> you got to do what Arnold does and cut <laughs> the bottoms of your sweatpants yeah. off so you look at your metal calves. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Love you, dude. Dude, I, man, this was fucking great. I love you, too, man. Thank you so much. Check out. I'm at Gabrus on all social media. Uh, uh, see you around. Bye, shitheads. Bye and mighty. That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. (laughs) It's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. (laughs) Now... Somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to like see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. (laughs) It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Oh, there's a fantasy component. There's some sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. <laughs> what? I don't hate them, but I've been in a room. Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs>
action. Boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.